0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bukari Sellers Podcast. Shout out to all of you guys again for subscribing and downloading today. You know, I feel like I made it, man. I'm interviewing Jay Farrow about his new project, Resort to Love. Jay is one of the funniest people in the business. Everybody knows him because no one does impersonations better than Jay. But before we get to Jay, I want to talk about something I rarely do on this show, and that's commend the NFL particularly commending the NFL regarding their recent announcement of its COVID vaccination policy. In case you missed it last week, the NFL announced this new policy to encourage NFL players to get the COVID vaccine or run the risk of forfeiting games. Listen to this. If an unvaccinated player or staff member is shown to have caused an outbreak that forces a schedule change, the team experiencing the outbreak will be held financially responsible for the other club's expenses. And if the game cannot be rescheduled, which they're not rescheduling many of them, the team experiencing the outbreak will forfeit. That's important because when it comes to playoff seating, the team will be credited with a loss, while the other team will be credited with a win. If an outbreak occurs among vaccinated individuals and a breakthrough infection, the NFL will try to minimize the competitive and fiscal disruption for both teams." So there's a clear incentive for players to get vaccinated or run the risk of ruining their team's playoff chances. And in the NFL, if you don't play a game, you also don't get a check, introducing very real financial consequences as well. We've already seen some players like Newt, also known as DeAndre Hopkins, contemplate retirement and a Patriots coach has since resigned. I think that's a little bit far out there, but to each their own. This is about player and staff safety. That's all it's about, y'all. Contracting a highly contagious variant of COVID affects us all, including our young children who can't get vaccinated, the immunocompromised people around us like my daughter Sadie, and the virus mutates in unvaccinated folks, creating stronger and potentially more potent iterations of the virus in the future. I hope the NFL goes a step further and requires That fans who want to attend the games as well show proof of their vaccination. But for now, let's at least say kudos to the NFL for not letting their teams become peach tree dishes. Take it a step further and let's not make NFL stadium super spreader events this fall. And for the players complaining, let it go and get the shot. You risk CTE and take all types of medicines and injections in your body just to play the game. You might as well take an injection that will save someone's life. And that's that on that. I gotta welcome you to the podcast, man. I am so grateful that Jay Farrow is joining us today. As a kid from the big city of Denmark, South Carolina, where I got three stoplights and a blinking light, it's an honor to have you
1: on, my brother. How you doing today, man? I'm good, my southern brother. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. You know Look, you, you know what? ahead. You know what's crazy though, man. It's funny when I tell people I'm from the South. I'm like, yo, I'm from the South. They're like, oh, where? Where you from? Where are you from? Uh. You from Georgia? Where you from? From Florida? You from North Carolina? Okay, where you from? I said, no, nah, I'm from Virginia. They're like, that's not the South. I said, yes, it Wait. is. I said, it Wait. is the South. What what part of Virginia are you from? That's from, the question. I'm from Chesapeake, Virginia. I'm from the Southern. I'm from... Oh, you from... Yeah, you from You from Upper
0: North Carolina.
1: Yeah, that right. There yeah. you go Upper North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, you, from, you
0: from the South. That counts. Thank you. That definitely.
1: And look, I, I say this all the time, man, but I say, okay, people, if you don't believe that Virginia, where I'm from, is from the South... Let me ask you a question. When the Underground Railroad was running, did it mm-hmm. stop when it came to Virginia or did they keep going? Because they had to keep they had to go someplace where people would be you. You could be free. They were like, well, you got to <laughs> keep going. I say it's the South then. I said because
0: y'all one thing y'all weren't were free. So that's, that's a you true thing. you weren't free. No. Nope. <laughs> I start each one of my episodes by having our guests walk through the arc of their career. And you've gone between television film and comedy seamlessly, but your career began in stand-up. Talk about how stand-up launched your career and how starting a career in stand-up comedy prepared you for television comedy and film.
1: Well, you know, um, Actually, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny, man. A lot of people don't know this. Even before I did stand up, what got me so comfortable with that was uh, being in theater. I was a theater kid and I started out doing that when I was eight years old. So, you know, 15, I got into comedy, 15, 16 got into comedy, man. And um, you know, being young and being hungry and having stage presence, that really, that really set me apart. And of course, me doing the impressions, because it wasn't anybody, it wasn't anybody my age. Doing it like that. How do
0: you how do you get started in, in comedy? Were you just a badass kid? I mean, what? what? <laughs> how, how do you get started in comedy at, at 16, 17 years old?
1: Well, you know, like I said, man, it, it just I don't know. It's I went to private school when I was 15. Right. Mm-hmm. When I, I was, you know, I was I was picked on and all that different type of stuff, bullet, whatever. And so I wanted to do something different for a year. Uh, So I went to private school, man. And at 15, the the kids there were trying to mess with me. I said, oh, no. I said, you prep some of my bitches ain't gonna mess with me up here. I said, no, 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 no. It's a whole new tune. So I got confidence and I would joke that I would I would cook them and. And the stuff that oh I you was, were jiving, y'all were jiving. That's what we call it. You were yeah, jiving. We were jiving. Hey, what would they call? We call playing the dozens. That's how the old playing the do- play. That's
0: what the old folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mama's so big, she jumped in the sky and got stuck. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. all of those.
1: Hey, your mama, <laughs> your mama, belt size is equator. You know what I mean? That's so, yeah, <laughs> yeah her Blood know. type is her blood type is uh, a <laughs> her blood type is I can't believe it is butter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, just so you know, I got popular. I got popular at a private school man and I had my I had my little group or whatever and um yeah I just I started I started doing stand up I left went back to public school the next year and yo I was on stage and um uh Virginia the Virginia House of Comedy I remember that it was a competition called the Virginia Idol Talent Search and my dad put me in it and it was like 300 people in it I believe and out of those 300 people I got fourth place out of there. So that was pretty That's cool. not bad right there. That's good right there. It was either. No, it was fifth place. It was four singers ahead of me. Four singers. I don't care what you do, man. You can tell her you can do an impression. You can do a joke. You can make people laugh. But if you got somebody doing runs and you can't do a yeah. run, you're not going to win. Because you can't win <laughs> that's, like that. That's, I, that's, I struggle with this in my everyday. This is real talk. Like my sister is a hell of a singer. She's she's amazing. And you know, sometimes you just when the song come on on the radio, you you know you just you just you ain't for real. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you sitting there playing, you you know a day will come on or something. Hello, it's me. Yeah. I was wondering exactly how the years you like this. Then my sister come in. And, I tell I'm like, that's not even in the song.
0: <laughs> oh man, you sound good. I mean, shoot, that's one of them. One of them. Uh, one of LeBron agents about to come try to date you with that one right there. You, <laughs> you sound real good with that. Wait, wait, do you? Wait. Do you? Pro-
1: go ahead. Go go I'm sorry. Go no. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. No. No. What is it about? LeBron has a. What is it? is he's got a?
0: You know. Yeah. You know his agent dates Adele now. Did you miss that hole? I do. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I can not be dropping current events jokes and you didn't even pick up on it. Yeah, Adele's new boyfriend okay. uh, is not not Maverick, but uh hold on. I, I'm about to you got me right now. Uh, okay. I saw hold from on. Rich Paul. Chris, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> from Rich Paul is Adele's new boyfriend. Oh, okay. And this is a this is a black brother. This is a black gentleman, right? This is a black brother. This is LeBron's best friend from a long time ago. So she uh she has a whole new swag. She was at the. I bet she was she at does. the best. She was at the match. She was at the match last. Uh, the last match between the Suns and the Bucks.
1: McCary. So she would never. She would have never done that. She would have never done that any other way. She wasn't going in the building. She's been. She's been blessed. She's been black. She's been black. It's a different there tune come. right there. Here you go. She
0: gonna come out singing a new song with Anthony Hamilton. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good.
1: <laughs> Erica Badu, Anthony, Anthony
0: Jill Scott. Just check it out. There you go. How much stand up do you still do, and do you prefer stand up over acting, or or are you going to go back on tour? What, tell me about it.
1: I go back on tour uh, next month. Matter of fact, uh, August, the end of August. But I haven't really stopped working. I, I really yeah. haven't since the pandemic. And as far as stand up goes, I started back in September, and I remember it was at um the, the Magic Castle. And Hollywood, man, you know, because they, they, they took a, it's called the, it was called the asphalt comedy show mm-hmm. and they took it and they, um, they turned this, uh, they turned this parking lot into a, they turned the parking lot into like a, to a stage and everything. So it was like drive-in comedy. So I started, I got up there, man. And, um, I was really, I remember I was so nervous getting on set. I'm always nervous. I remember Charlie Murphy said something to me. I'll never forget this besides the other jewels that he has dropped. But he said, yo, man, he said, look, if you go on stage and you ain't nervous, you ain't shit, man. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because you care, son. That shows that you care about your artistry, man. So be scared. Every time I get up there, man, I feel like I'm about to shit myself, man. You know why? Because I care, nigga. Yeah, but okay. So I was so nervous. (laughs) I was so. I just
0: people can't see your eyes just piercing out like, (laughs) like those Murphy boys for sure.
1: Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know that that piercing laugh he 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 has. But I was so bro. I was so nervous when I got I got up there. But it went bro. It went great. It went. It went so good. The manager's girlfriend came down from the top of the castle. She heard the, the reaction was so dope because I got a chance to sit down. You know, during the pandemic, if you haven't, if you didn't evolve as an artist, if you didn't evolve as a person, yeah. if you didn't yeah. just evolve in the space, find new ways, new new things you like about yourself, uh hidden gems and talents, you then you really wasted a year, like yeah. the world. You know, you really wasted yeah. a year.
0: But, you know, I always say about the pandemic, you know, we we always would say that if we had the time to do something, we would do it. Like right. we, if we had the time we do. It. And then God was like, all right. So he gave us nothing but time. <laughs> this is
1: right? what God did. This is what God did. God went like this. Really? <laughs> really? Okay. <It> <laughs> let's see what happens and he slid off like this (laughs) (laughs) gave us nothing but time that's right yeah man so i I was gutting out my jokes and and really really getting into it and and writing a lot and i got back on that stage man and it was it definitely showed that the work i had not it didn't feel like i took any time off man i was right i was right back into it and um i've been consistently doing it since uh back since september and um you know out here we got a we got a, a, a supernova comedy uh, at the Whitley. We got um, uh, Matt Reif does like a, a back. I think it's like a, a, a what is it? A, a trunk? What is it? A, it's, it's, it's the back of a truck comedy show, something like that. He does that. I mean, the Laugh Factory is open. No, I Laugh OK, everybody. Yeah, everybody know Laugh. Factory. Improv. Improv. Comedy stores back open, man. And there's just there's mad room. So, yeah, stand up is uh, stand up is uh, is definitely thriving and back. And um, as long as I get a chance to entertain, bro, it, you know, I'm, I'm just an entertainer, man. Like, I love to entertain, whether it's stand up, whether it's being on um, on television, um, making somebody laugh, making somebody cry, you know, so whatever. You know what I mean? I, I do that hey, in this new movie. I'm I'm telling you, your boy get the water where this a lot of people. A lot of people underestimate those
0: skills, but you gotta understand. Well, let's let's talk about. Well, let's talk about your newest project, Resort to Love. Sure. It's hilarious, and I encourage everyone to check it out. But let tell me what what is it about? Tell folk what's it about?
1: Okay, so it's about. Can I pull this light up, man? I feel so. I feel like we're two chocolates. This feels like well, I herb. thought
0: that I was going for that. I, I interviewed Omar Epps recently, so I was going for the Omar Tay Diggs look with the lighting the way I had it. Uh, oh,
1: okay. Okay. If yeah. we if we doing that, you know, well, shoot, New Jack <laughs> City. How about that? <laughs> juice. we
0: going back there. We're going back to juice. There <laughs> you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> juice, though. Juice juice. Was it was Tupac was brown, Omar was dark, <laughs> and uh, other boy was light skinned. Oh, That's right. The they he was he was dark skinned too. So I guess I'm the. That's right. did you, did you, Yeah, there you go. You could you can be him. What's the movie about, though? Tell me, okay. tell the folk. So the movie is about um, oh, Christina Milian. Lovely Christina Milian. Amazing, phenomenal. Shout out to the DMV. Found out about that. Found out she's from the DMV. It's it, she's a she's a singer who is about to be. She's on the cusp of her big break, and um, her fiance uh, breaks up. Uh, the wedding, probably like a, a month before they're supposed to walk down the aisle. And so he moves down and he, he moves down to South Carolina. She's still in New York and she's about to have her big break. And um, the night that she's supposed to have her big break, the guy ends up, the producer ends up taking the project that she worked on and crushing it like on the laptop. He crushes it and she's like, I don't know what to do. Her friend uh, sets her up on a resort. She was like, look, you know, they're looking for a singer there. You know, you could get some money, you know, since, you know, you could start fresh, you know, do that. So she goes, she goes to the island and um, she finds out at the island that they want her to sing at weddings as well. And she's mm. like, and you know, that's already a big blow to her because, you know, her fiance left her. And um, uh, she's uh, she ends up uh, almost drowning and getting saved by um, the Caleb character superman you see taking up uh, the sin quad walls taking her out of the water rising oh, that, looking like look like Jeep you know I
0: tried I tried out for that role I tried out for that role Did i gotta you? do some more push-ups no, <laughs> i do some more push-ups I want the water the water glistening all over my body yeah gl- I, I, I know <laughs> there was a
1: lot of baby oil involved i know there was a lot of <laughs> if he would it, it's so funny because <laughs> he was so oiled up I'm like if he would swim he would just go through the water like this, because like <laughs> water just beating up. they just, just beating up on it. It would look like one of those lava lamps. you remember the lava lamps? like oh
0: yeah,'d
1: be swimming, okay, so she's on this island, she finds him, and he's there for his uh his brother's wedding. His brother is getting married there, right, and she turns she finds out that it was her ex-fiance who's about to get married to somebody else on the island and her ex- fiance oh. is me, uh-huh. Oh. And then as she has to, she's supposed to sing at the wedding, and it starts. She sees them together. She gets jealous, and then the brothers like, "What? Why are you jealous? Do you do you still got feelings for him?" And you don't know if my character still has feelings for her. So it's like this triangle that's going on. Um. Well, a- well, actually, it's a love, it's a love square going on right there. It's the brother, it's two brothers, the fiance and Christina Million. and you're just trying to figure out which way she's gonna go. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. She's going to talk to the brother and she was just engaged to this person. I, I understand that. Watch the movie. OK, Okay, I'm going to watch it. My, I, and if my,
0: my wife looking at me all sideways throughout <laughs> this movie and I'm, I'm blaming you, I just well, I, want you, I want you to know I'm blaming you. What about this role jumped out at you? And this is your first film in a leading role. How does it feel to be a feature of a film like this?
1: Well, listen, Bakari, I I can, let me say this. It's not the first one. It's not the first one where I'm I'm leading. It's not. Two Minutes of Fame was the first movie I was leading. That was, that was. Two uh, Minutes of Fame. uh, With Kate Williams. Yeah, we did that. But this is the first time I'm doing a romantic lead, you know? And the way that the, the material spoke to me, I read the script and I've been in these uncomfortable situations. Not necessarily... Not necessarily engaged, but I've had these uncomfortable conversations with, with a lot of people, with ladies that I care about. So I just found myself in the Jason character because he's indecisive, which I'm indecisive. I'm a Libra, bro. So I'm indecisive. <laughs> so it's like, what? It's like, okay, am I going to go here? Am i Am going to go here? Scattered brain all over the place. Thank God. Thank God for mothers, sisters, and fathers talking. It's okay. Because, because they keep you, they keep you in alignment, but the character is so he's, he's in, and then he's, he's yes. And he's no, he's hot and he's cold. And I was like, you know what? I know that guy because I've been that person before. Mm. I know exactly the uncomfortability of these situations. And I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, some of them are amicable and, uh, and other times it ends up, it, it ends up being a, a terrible situation. But as long as you, if you have closure with somebody, it's easier to for it's easier to swallow the situation if you yeah. have the closure. And um, it, there were so many times where I felt like the closure I didn't have with people. And then later on, I had it. And Jason is just like that. So it just it, the, it just popped off the paper It said, OK, this is this is a version of Jay Farrell. And I know this guy. So let's 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 do it. And then Christina Milian, too. You know, I had a yeah, I, I had yeah. a crush, Bakari, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was no, mad.
1: I, I, yeah. I, was, I was mad when the dream you dreamed it. You know what I'm saying? I was mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, tell me about this? I mean, you got a, that's such a dope cast and, yeah. and amazing people you're working with. And one of the people when I was when I was preparing for the day that I did not know was producing and not behind a piano was Alicia Keys. Talk about yeah. just everybody who's a part of this film, making it one of the hottest movies to come out this summer.
1: Well, listen, man, you got, like, at first you got uh, Alicia Keys is, uh, Alicia Keys is amazing. Um, she did. It's so funny, man. I wish she would have came to the island. She could have got a free vacation, but she was, she wasn't there. She wasn't there. It was just. Uh,
0: Swiss was like, you don't need to go down there. You don't need to yeah.
1: go down there. <laughs> So you had Steven, uh, Steven Tussita, uh the director. He's amazing. Uh, Christina Milian's dope Senkwa Walls from American Soul, uh, Friday Night Lights, um, and uh, and Power. He was amazing. He auditioned. We all auditioned on Zoom, you know, because we couldn't go. We couldn't go inside uh, into offices at the time. So you really had to nail the character. If you nailed it, you nailed it. And it came through the Zoom. You had to come through the Zoom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? All I want to do was a boom, 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 and a zoom, zoom. That's crazy,
0: man! You, you, you literally audition for this movie via Zoom. How do you even prepare for that?
1: You just like I'm saying, brother. You just you live in the moment. you, You you live in it, and you take situations that have already happened to you, and you just you paint them. You make them so real, and and that's all it was. It was just being familiar and being able to go there, brother, and. You know, uh, they were supposed to uh, start filming earlier in 2020 and they they had to they had to stop. Yeah. And then they they moved it to about uh, October. Yeah, they moved it to October and we shot the whole movie October and November out there at this beautiful, beautiful resort in, Maur- in Mauritius uh, where the people are nice and the mosquitoes are. Uh, Stay birds.
0: <laughs> how can how can listeners find Resort to Love tell them how they can find it and when they can find it
1: July 29th on Netflix they can check it out man it's it's the first movie I have that's hit in 192 countries I'm man really we happy. gotta so man
0: listen y'all who anybody who's listening man we gotta support Jay Farrow in this role I just think it's it's a cultural moment man that we lift this brother up and go out here and show that he can sell movies I was watching an interview with Will Smith yeah Uh, When he was being cast for Independence Day and there was a question about whether or not he could play that role because black folk didn't sell internationally. And so, yeah, he was talking about how he wanted to break down those walls. And so I feel like this is our opportunity to help you break down those walls and and help you be an international superstar with with that. I mean, now because people are going to be talking about Denzel Washington. Or Jay Farrah, who they want to play what role?
1: <laughs> you get me. You get a two for one. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I could definitely, I definitely morph. I, I definitely have a little bit of, uh. there's some Denzel-isms. Maybe, look, look, okay. There's some slight. No, you know what? No, no, no. I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to say that. It's am going to watch it.
0: We're going to choose it and see. But you've got your own producing and writing credits under your belt as well. Do you anticipate doing more behind the camera yes, after sir. this comes out in terms of producing and writing and directing? And how difficult is it to transition from one side of the camera to another? Or is that a natural transition for you?
1: I mean, look, it's, uh, it's just all about like, okay, you've been around it when you're around something for so long yeah. and you're... And you're not constantly on your phone or Instagram, social media, whatever. And you're paying attention, watching. You pick stuff up. I ask questions, man. You know, so I want to I wanna kick my production company off, man. I want to get that started. You know, uh, being a producer on shows is cool. But like you're saying, uh, being a producer and owning something and have that money coming back to you, like really coming yeah. back to you. That's the goal. And um, I see a lot of my friends, a lot of my uh, comrades in entertainment do have production companies. You got little rail has one. Of course, Kevin Hart has one. Nate Parker has one. Um, mm. I've been talking. I've, I've got to get on it, man. We've been talking. He's from my area and we've been talking back and forth for years. And and I've been going to his events and definitely cool. But you know, he was trying to get me to, he was trying to help me start my production company. So I'm going to get back on that and I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to take care of that. Mm, issue. That's called, that's building
0: wealth. That's how we build wealth in our own communities. Yep. You know, I gotta ask a question that I'm sure you probably get all the time, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not Michael Chair. Michael. Michael, you do no. uh who is on your who is on your stand-up comedy Mount Rushmore? Oh come on, uh, brother. and is- who are your who are your four people who are on your Mount Rushmore comedy?
1: Only four? Okay,
0: all right. Yeah, that's they, I mean they they're, they're four. They literally are four white men carved into the mountain. We can't go <laughs> put Barack up there. Okay, all right.
1: Okay, since I can't, I would say. I would say Eddie Murphy. Of course. Come on. I would say I would say Chris Rock. I would Ooh. say Bernie Mac and Robin Harris, but I would have to put I still got to put Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is the, is a big ass eagle flying by <laughs> swooping <laughs> on top of it and then Richard Pryor is just the cloud on top of the mountain, just the cloud that sits up here. So all of those people together, man, I would say that that really uh, that really forms Jay Farrell. And that's I really I really love those gentlemen. And uh, a, a shout out to if I could give a top 10, I would say Cat Williams is in there. I would say Jim Williams
0: but, is so you want to know how I know Cat Williams is a genius because a lot of the things he says in his stand up four or five years ago. Yeah. We going back to it right now, like he crazy, but he was right. Yep. I mean, geniuses yep. can predict
1: the future, man.
0: So uh, one of the last questions I have before I let you go, and we'll talk about some of the things you have in the future, is, you know, a favorite topic of mine when I talk to comedians is this notion of cancel culture and political correctness. And if this idea of being, quote, politically correct makes stand-up comedy particularly harder than it should be, you know, what's your take on this idea that comedians have to walk on eggshells now in ways that they didn't have to for fear of being canceled? I mean, I, I think it's absurd. And I, but I, I also think that, you know, you're telling a level of truth in the comedy you do. So what's your thoughts on that?
1: I feel like the truth is needed and I feel like cancel culture is in, in a lot of ways gratuitous, especially. How can you take a culture serious that's canceling things that aren't real? You're canceling yeah. cartoon, ca- you're Pepe Le Pew and Prince Charming. When you sit like, like, come on, dog. When there's black folks to get killed every day, you got Brianna <laughs> yeah. Taylor's kill, Brianna Taylor's killer still, still haven't been brought to justice. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I, yeah. I just think as a comedian, we have to look past that and we have to, we have to remember what got us to where we, we are now. And we got to continue to do that because that's the purest, that's the purest form of comedy being yourself. If it's funny, say it. Now, of course, you have to come from both sides and have a um have an educated point that makes sense to both yes. sides, but attack it like that and say what you have to say. And let people allow people who don't agree with you see how you think and why you would think that. Mm. You understand? You get you get what I'm saying?
0: That's powerful, yeah. I mean, I, I think that we have to begin to allow some people a modicum of freedom. Now, you got the choice. I mean, I'm not saying that you should be freedom, free of consequences. I mean, you right. say some dumb shit. You, there are consequences to saying dumb shit. But right. we shouldn't be canceling folk for what they believe. You got at least two projects in the works, spinning Gold and The in- Adventures of Drunkie. Can you even talk about those? And what's next for you?
1: Well, I just finished the movie Spinning Spend- I just finished spinning Gold in New Jersey. Uh Finally, man, we started shooting that movie in 2019 and then it got shut down and we just we just finished it this year. So in that movie, uh, it's the Casablanca records, uh, Buddha Records biopic where you'll follow the story of, uh, of, of Neil Bogart. And I am I'm Cecil Holmes. I'm the right hand man. Buck Rheingold, uh, 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 God dang it. Uh, my my God, there's so many good actors in it, man. But it's a biopic. And I would say in that movie, <laughs> I got my Denzel on a little bit. Uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just I'm just, saying, I, I studied him. I studied him. I added some of his swag to the character because there was no video footage for, for mm. that character, for Cecil Holmes. There's no audio. There's no video. So it's not like I could study Anything. Only thing I had was stories and how he was. And so they told me that he was the right hand man. He was always he was always there to make sure that Neil was centered. He would always center the situation. So I played it like that. Adventures of Drunkie. I don't know when that movie's coming out. That's honest to God. I <laughs> I just shot a movie with Gore Vibinski, uh, uh Anderson Park, her. Ice Cube and Meryl Streep it's, it's this animated movie that we're doing. And um, I wanted to stars in that. And I don't know if I can give the title away for that because it's, you know, animations are going to take a couple of years to come out or whatever, but it's a dope project and it involves a lot of cats. That's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. okay. All right. All I feel, all right. I feel you. And I, uh, I feel and you know, in April, April, I shot a movie with Ashley Benson so I shot a movie. are
0: you never not working? I mean, I mean, here is <laughs> the, the thing, man.
1: McCarl- your,
0: your agent is like, yeah, he good. You want him? <laughs> you want him Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? He booked Monday through Thursday.
1: It, listen, <laughs> listen, man. Uh, working for Family Guy now too, and uh, also Nickelodeon. I got to show Nickelodeon. Oh, those family,
0: those Family Guy checks. I, I was I was googling them one day. Them things they could pay my student loans. But go ahead, go ahead. Look,
1: it it baffles me when people. And it's not a lot. It's not a lot of people. But it's always a few dumbasses that will hit me up on social media and be like, what you doing now? I don't even see you damn. Where you been? I'm like, where have you been? I've been, you I dropped four movies last year. What the hell were you doing? What <laughs> were you looking at? Oh, you just saw the footage with the cops, huh? Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. That's all I did last year was get wrongfully detained. Okay. All right.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I, gonna, yeah, I, I didn't want to, I didn't even bring that up in the conversation. We, don't have I, you, to.
1: we Look, we ain't got to. I'm just giving perspective that <laughs> through all of that bad stuff that happened. You were still working. Was still you were still working. working. By the yeah. grace
0: of God. Because it could have turned out worse. I was like, man, I I I knew what happened. I was like, man, don't flinch. Don't flinch. Don't flinch.
1: Don't flinch. When there's four guns pulled out on you, uh, Bakari in any situation, you know, the gangsterness just leaves. There's it no just game.
0: leaves. You just you'd be like, man, I I sorry. I sorry. Yeah. I sorry.
1: Okay. I don't know what I did, but we can work it out. <laughs> yeah, we, can work, we can work.
0: Man, Jay Farrell, thank you for coming to the Bukari Sellers Podcast. Everybody, July Farrell. 29th. Go see resort to, love resort to Love on Netflix. And, man, I am so proud of you, man. You are an international movie star. <laughs> like I said, it is, it is Denzel, uh, Will Smith, Michael B. Jordan, and Jay Farrell. And they all got to be in the same category, man. Thank you, my brother, for coming on, man.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get some awards back from the Brits. You know, they're taking all of them. They're coming man, on they, with- I- They take it.
0: They said they need y'all need some acting classes over here. That's what they said. That's what they said.
1: Hey, baby, I'm finna turn up. Shout out to Daniel though. That's my boy. Shout out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Have a good one, man. Be easy. Thank you, brother.
0: Before I let you go, shout out to Jay Farrell. That interview was so dope, so funny. I couldn't contain myself. I, I thought I was a comedian sometimes, as you could tell. I wanted to talk about the recent article I came across in The New York Times regarding what the Biden administration is telling voting rights groups to Quote the article, "Um, in private calls with voting rights groups and civil rights leaders, the White House officials and close allies of the president have expressed confidence that it is possible to out-organize voter suppression, end quote. Now, this is all happening as President Biden gives great speeches about voting rights, but doesn't actually push, even privately, for real changes to the filibuster, like a carve-out, for example— for matters involving fundamental constitutional rights like voting rights. And this begs the question, why would Biden not fight for these changes to the filibuster, knowing that Democratic majorities hang in the balance next year and his own electoral fortunes hang in the balance in 2024? Their answer is Biden and Democrats don't think they need to actually deliver on these justice issues like voting rights or police reform to win in 22 or 24. The calculus here is that moderate voters— who they believe hold the keys to swing districts in statewide elections, don't care about these issues. And the base will come out anyway. So speeches are enough because you can just blame Republicans. But the real problem are Senate Democratic moderates who won't touch the filibuster and a White House who won't push them on it. And when it comes to 2024, the Biden camp has to believe that they'll be popular enough to weather any criticism because they will have passed key parts of an agenda And he could be running against Trump again, which should further booster his confidence in re-election. As I said many times, justice was on the ballot in 2020. And black voters and younger voters haven't seen progress on these issues. They've seen rhetoric, but no real progress. One could argue that you don't lose said moderates if voting rights and police reform are granted. And they need not be viewed as mutually exclusive to infrastructure and shots and checks. We wanted it all and voted on it all. But it's clear that Biden and the Biden White House think our issues aren't essential for 2022 and 2024. That's a real problem that I hope my friends in the administration fix. Otherwise, the coalition that gave us governing majorities in 2020 will rightly decide that their vote didn't move the needle on what mattered to them. And they'll stay home. That's that on that. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Everybody have a great work week.